1: That how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword
0: partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgan. The Minnetonka Police Department's investigative unit described the relationship between the two as on again, off again. At a press conference this morning, Mackey and Judd also said there's been a history of domestic incidents between the two on 1500 ESPN. A drive to right- in the four games of this series,
2: and it's one apiece.
0: I thought that contact sounded a little too loud last year from Jorge Polanco. Here's Brian Dozier on the 80-game PED suspension. People make mistakes. That's the world we live in. And I know more than ever, Polanco needs a little love right now. And uh, that's my brother, so that, that comes first. Uh, with that being said, we don't want performance-dancing drugs in our game whatsoever. But that's our brother, and we got his back, and uh, he needs a little love right now. He'll get it from us. Alright, so uh, that happened. 80-game suspension. It's the same steroid, Derek Wetmore from the Touch'em All podcast and 1500 ESPN.com, that Irvin Santana got popped for using a couple years ago, and he missed the first half of the season. All right. How much do you buy the? Hey, I thought it was vitamin B twelve and iron supplements, and it wound up being this thing that gives me superhuman strength. Yeah. We don't know when he started taking it, or if his second half performance can be, uh, you know, attributed to it or not.
1: And just to be clear, Derek, it's playoffs too, correct? Yeah. So if they if they make the playoffs, he is then suspended for the entire playoffs. Okay.
3: Two things: this makes it harder for them to make the playoffs. You just lost who looked like a guy who's emerging to becoming a star shortstop. Now we'll have to put that on hold. So if they make it without him, they'll be without him again. To Phil's question, you're going to call me crazy, but I think it's plausible. I think it's entirely possible that he took this thing that he thought was B12 and iron in the Dominican Republic and turns out, nope, the gym you were working at, the trainer you were working with, didn't necessarily have your best interest in mind. I'm not saying that I believe every single player who ever says this, and I'm not willing to, you know, bet my entire career on the fact that Jorge Polanco's telling the truth, but I'm telling you, but this is, oh, knowing
1: him a little bit, knowing yeah. the
3: situation, I'm inclined to yeah. believe that's Ex- possible. Except
1: for this is where if I run a team, I go absolutely ballistic and crazy. It's his fault. That's you right. cannot. You cannot be going home two things. You can't go home and eat. Mom's cooking. And you can't go home and take supplements provided by by Jimmy, your trainer, who you who you grew up with because your dad liked him. But
0: what? So this is his fault. What's, well? Yes, it is. This is what frustrates me about it's, this. I mean, no matter what, they there's <clears throat> talk to the twins and have them make sure that you're getting the right, right supplements. But what? This is where I would poke holes in what you just said. What benefit or what would a trainer from? And I don't know anything about the trainer, but he said it's his trainer from. I'm assuming a personal trainer from the Dominican Republic. Yeah. What benefit would a trainer have in spiking an unknowing athlete's supplement regimen with performance-enhancing
3: drugs? That's really simple. Phil, if you come to me as a trainer and you say, hey, three months, consider Jorge Polanco, too. This is a backstory that's important to know. Mm -hmm. Skinny kid looked like me coming up through the minor leagues, and then one spring training, he shows up and he's hulking. All right. Was that last spring training or two springs ago? And I'm not saying that that's related here. I'm not saying he bulked up because of steroids. I'm saying if you're a trainer and what you're selling is results and you're telling me, hey, look at this client I have over here. He used to look like Wetmore. Now he hit 10 home runs in two months in the big leagues.
0: But that's a house of cards if all of a sudden now you guys are getting suspended for the playoffs and for 80 games. Who's going to work with you now? There's you telling me that nobody in America builds their business on a house of cards. Well, but it doesn't. La- I mean, look. Okay, Enron. Congratulations.
3: It's like, the same bunch idea. Of executives in jail. It's the same idea. You hope to get away with it for a little while. Sure. And in the case of a trainer, if you're selling results and you can point to a guy like Jorge Polanco and say, "This dude's jacked, and it's because of me." Come join my gym. In I'm general, saying there's some incentive there.
0: If you're like, if you're operating out of a dingy, dark, damp garage and you're selling pills from a shoebox. Major League Baseball players, right. stay away. Go
3: talk to the Twins training staff and make sure that but you're actually taking. Having B12. not seen the shoebox, I
1: can't and attest Derek, for what the gym looked like or any of that. I'm just saying. But I've t- told you this for a long time with baseball players in particular. Yeah. This is where this is where the whole I'm going to disappear for for months. That's right. Drives me nuts. Totally dangerous. Yes. It and and as we talked about. At the start of the show in football, but because of the CBA, there's checks and balances there. You have to show up in April. I can see you or I can see. So so I can monitor what you're doing, both from a conditioning standpoint and what you're taking. Right. And and I think baseball needs to look at this and, and look at a rule that at least starts with players 25 or under where they need to where they need to go to the team by like December 15th of each year yeah. and, and have a, a week of some sort of training. Because this is basically just saying, season's done, see ya, see ya at Twins Fest. Well, right. in the meantime, you, you get w- with a trainer who has either no clue what he's doing or he's crooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Miguel Sano, who goes home and starts eating like there's no tomorrow tomorrow. And you see him a Twins Fest, and, and you say, "Oh okay. my
0: god!" So I think there's some cultural undertones here, and I'm not blaming you. I think, but I think this is because we don't say this about JJ Reddick and Dwayne Wade after the basketball season's over. Well, you're gonna like you're you're clearly branded as American, and in some cases maybe Caucasian. So we don't think that you need to be monitored when you go to your home in Boca Raton uh, for the winter. Mm-hmm. But if we think you're gonna go back to third world country type conditions or you know, some of these Venezuela Dominican Republic where it's been documented that there are desperate hangers on that just want to make money. Like if what Derek's saying it's completely like we're just these are it's hypothetical. I don't it? know his trainer at all. Right. Like but it's you a, asked me a hypothetical But it's a plausible question. hypothetical if someone's desperate and yeah. looking to make a couple couple bucks. Uh there's definitely some cultural undertones to we need to monitor Miguel Snow and Jorge yeah, Polanco. But you know, Brian Dozier's probably gonna be fine,
3: right? Well, and and I think that walks this dangerous line. And to what Judd's saying about football players and stuff, I mean, if you took over baseball and said these are this is what you can eat, this is what you can't eat, these are the substances you can take, these are the ones you can't, and you just had robots, that's there's a real market inefficiency there. There are players who put things into their body that's just like I mean, fried food. It's not good for you. There are studies that prove this out. You can say, all right, I think that this will help this player, this will help this player, and you know what? He should probably also get eight and a half hours of sleep a night because that's best for his physical performance. There's a real market inefficiency there. The problem is these things are collectively bargained, and you got a players union who's going to say, so not only are you going to get us every waking hour for six months and in some cases seven and eight months with spring training in the playoffs— You're also now going to take the only free time we have and control everything that we put in our body? I don't think you'd really get very far with that. But that, for the first team to succeed at doing that, there'd be a real market inefficiency there. Keeping your players healthy and not suspended. And not that you're
0: suggesting anything different, but there's a difference between, in terms of Major League rules, putting a cheeseburger in your body and putting... You know, a performance-enhancing drug, as defined by the Collective Bargaining Agreement. Sure, so, and and I would poke holes in those rules and say, well, that's kind of stupid. Well, and well, me too. Like, get, I, I can get LASIK, I can get LASIK, and improve my vision and see the laces on a curveball, but I can't take a supplement that makes me a little Polanco, stronger.
1: In in his case, too. Look, let's just say that you're right, and mm-hmm. let's say he's naive, doesn't know, and, and actually, in this case, had good intentions. Sure, best case Th- scenario. That's why I want to right, see him.
3: Right, exactly. Right. I'm,
1: I'm not punishing him for being a bad human being. What I'm saying is, once again, potentially a guy who thought he was doing the right thing was doing the absolute wrong thing because clearly his mistake was not consulting. Like here, Let's pause this for a second because
0: I have, I have a theory. It's just a narrative. I'm not reporting this by any means when we come back that actually incriminates Jorge Polanco. Let's talk about that and then other twins things, too, here, like who might take over the workload. What if Miguel Sano is suspended for a few games or 30 days, and then there's other things to get to uh, from Fort Myers. Wetmore is hanging out with us here in the TCL broadcast studios, where we have a giant 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV. Uh, Good Morning Football is our show of choice this morning, where we can see Nate Burleson's Chest tattoo. That is how well, A, aggressive his shirt choice is today, but that's also how great the 4K picture quality is on these TCL TVs. Four times the picture quality of a standard 1080p TV. Not to mention, when it comes to TCL, they've also helped put together the absolute best viewing experience inside Target Center, the renovated, brand new, renovated Target Center, where the TCL theater boxes include five star cuisine, the best views of the arena and also uh, just a VIP experience like uh, you can't get anywhere else inside Target Center. We're giving away a four-pack of tickets to the March 26th game here in a week from tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. And all you have to do to register or to uh, have a chance to win is go to 1500ESPN.com and enter the keyword TCL. It's America's fastest-growing TV brand. Mackie and Judd with Wetmore. Mackie and Judd are
2: back. Here it is! On
0: 1500 ESPN. People make mistakes. That's the world we live in. And I know more than ever, Polanco needs a little love right now. And, uh, uh, that's my brother, so that that comes first. Uh, with that being said, we don't want performance dancing drugs in our game whatsoever. But that's our brother, and we got his back, and uh, he needs a little love right now. He'll get it from us. I yeah. have a, I have a, I want to paint a scenario. Derek, real quick, uh, Wetmore's here from 1590ESPN.com and the Touch Em All podcast. Paint, you've covered Polanco for the last few years, yeah. basically since he was called up for the first time like four seasons ago. Um, And you think that his defense is plausible that, all right, hey, I thought I was going to take vitamin B12 and an iron supplement, and yeah. my trainer in the Dominican Republic gave me something that I didn't ask for, and I unknowingly took it. It's on me, but I am not blaming myself. I'm blaming somebody
3: else for, for this. For sure.
0: That you think that's plausible?
3: I think I think he might be telling the truth. I'm not saying that he's like – mm-hmm. That absolves him. Uh, he should yeah. still be suspended. He broke rules. This is what it is. He he has to own responsibility for it. But I'm saying that I don't, th- I don't necessarily... My gut reaction is not that he's lying about that. Not that he was getting roided up, got caught, and decided, God, I need a scapegoat. Who's this going to be? That's just... My gut feel is that's not the way this went down. Well, let me paint another scenario. And I'm
0: not reporting this, but I'm just putting pieces together and trying to find motivation mm-hmm. for why a player would intentionally take something. It was very refreshing to hear David Paulino, this really good, talented young Astros pitcher, come out a month or two ago. He got he tested positive. He's going to sit for the first 80 games. And he said, yep, my body wasn't reacting to injury as much as I wanted it to, as quickly as I wanted it to. And and uh, if you kind of read the tea leaves a little bit, it was the Astros were taken off without me, and I didn't want to get left behind. Yeah, So I took something. I got caught. I feel bad. Jorge Polanco was out of minor league options. Jorge Polanco from the beginning of April until the end of July was a 213 hitter with a 265 on base percentage, had three home runs, and was one of the worst players on the team. And after putting up some nice numbers in the minors and and they started his clock pretty early, like age 21, he never... He showed you some flashes, but it was like four partial seasons up until almost August of last year where, boy, this guy's a disappointment. He's not an everyday player anymore. Players have passed him up, and now they just drafted Royce Lewis, and I mean, there's just not a whole lot left of Jorge Polanco's Twins career. And then he does what he did in August and September, and he was one of the best hitters in baseball for two months. I'm not accusing him flat out. I'm just putting together a story. This is what people are going to say. Yeah. Dude, you were like... Maybe on the verge of no longer being a major league player for the Twins, anyways. I'm sure he would have gotten a shot because he can play multiple positions. He was still young enough. But if you're in that spot and you've been up and down for like four years, and you're getting into your mid twenties now, and you're a two thirteen hitter, and it's almost August, I got to do something. I mean, I got to I got to get a boost somewhere, right? You could see how that narrative would also be plausible.
3: Yeah, I I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't yeah. babysitting him. I no, didn't I see. Even, yeah. I don't even know. You know when this foreign substance would have entered his body right like I don't I know he got popped for it and I know he's being suspended now for Mm -hmm. the first eight of games of this season but I also was willing to buy the narrative that Polanco let alone just being one of the worst players on the twins for the start of last year he was one of the worst major leaguers last year everyday major leaguers yeah one of the worst And, and so too was his teammate Byron Buxton then those two guys start clicking Mid July to the rest of the season, they carry the Twins all the way to the postseason as two of the most improbable turnaround comeback stories within a season that you'll ever see. Yeah, both of these guys had prospect cachet, especially in Buxton's case, but they went from being unusable hitters who were just being thrown out there because the Twins didn't have other options to legitimate all star, you know, star caliber players. At shortstop and center field, a big reason the Twins made it. So, like, I understand the narrative that you're crafting there, and that you're also just speaking for a giant group of people who will think that. I don't see it. I, I my just my personal opinion is, if you know he gets popped this winter for it, the incentive is not there right now for Jorge Polanco to cheat in the past. Well, does it, but certainly. doesn't mean
0: that he wasn't like the fact that he was on something. Yeah, my narrative goes back to say, well, the, like. Okay, he might have been on something
3: starting in
0: in July or August. I for sure
3: get that. I just think I look, you could say that about just about any major league player at any time ever or professional athlete, period. There's a great deal of incentive to cheat. If you think you can get away with it, I don't think that's any different in Jorge Polanco's But case.
0: his incentive is greater than most players because he had been up and down for four years and was one and was on the verge of no longer being a major league player. And this all, it was but, a make or break point in his career last summer.
1: But this also comes back to, I think, uh, teams taking far more control of the supplements the players are going to take. This is... This whole thing of of we're going to pay you this much, which is, in some cases, millions of dollars, and you're just going to decide what what supplements you take because your trainer says so, is really dumb. Yeah. It's really dumb because Sano could be next. I mean, do you want Miguel taking a supplement that a trainer says, hey, you know what, burn this fat off. You can lose 15 pounds in two weeks. No, you definitely don't. He probably could. <laughs> no, but but my point it's is
0: It's just hydroxy cuts. Just watch the infomercial. But my
1: my point is, if you are if you are a big league player with a current contract in no jeopardy of being cut, it really makes very little sense. I think for you to, to just be yeah. taking s- supplements no. from this guy or that. guy. I don't
3: agree. I think the I think the incentive is huge for every major leaguer everywhere. And Phil saying that it's at the turning point in his career. I had a uh, sort of fringe major leaguer telling me a couple of years ago, and it's something I never forgot. I said, this is kind of a prove-it year for you, don't you think? He said, I'm in the big leagues. Every year is a prove-it year. But you that's can't, not true. Yes, it is, Phil. You can't just have a down season. And you're talking about guys going from two years of service time to like three years of service time. Where Jorge Polanco's raise is going to be fifteen thousand dollars
0: you' no but I think you're we're arguing if you disagree with what I'm about to say then we just philosophically disagree Miguel's Miguel Cabrera has already made 200 million dollars in his life playing baseball the incentives are in his rearview mirror that's my point yes so to put everyone in this or it, let's let's just take the pre-free agent guys that are that are fighting for like their first big contract if you've already put together two or three quality seasons into your third year of team control, you can much more afford like a 3 month down stretch because well i have i've got this track record over here my big picture track record is 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 resembling of a player who deserves to get paid Polanco didn't have any of that until August. Yeah, but like he's None of it until August.
3: Easy for you to say from somebody on the outside who's viewing this through a rational lens. If this is your personal career you're talking about, two good years in okay, the past but doesn't wait, mean wait, anything wait. if this is
1: a contract year, wait wait wait, 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 wait. We are still talking about, if you are if you going to say that he was trying to do the right thing and didn't, we're talking about a kid that got supplements from a guy that he never should have got them from.
0: No, Joe, we're, we're talking about the incentive for cheating. Yes, would you cheat, period. Like, absent where it came from, no, how you failed but this you know, test. But you know you're going to be tested. But you still okay? But but it's we have proven examples: Melky Cabrera, David mm-hmm. Paulino, uh, Jason Giambi. Guys have come out and flat out said. And Jason Giambi, we don't know when he started, but it may have been. Hey, this is a chance for me to make a bunch of money well, as an early age player. He
1: started before testing, so that those guys are a different story. All I'm saying is now, like Melky Cabrera, you know you you know you're going to be tested. And so if you decide to do that, then then you're a complete right. moron. But, but that's, but that, but that's, that's how be. cheating works. And you might okay.
0: be. But here's where, like, I, I think that there's a good chance the narrative that I just put out is true. I also don't crush guys who use steroids because, you know what? If I'm in that position, this is where I disagree. You just said that you're an idiot. And I don't know anything about Jorge Polanco's childhood. But let's say Jorge Polanco, his money, like his generational money starts with him. That he grew up poor and comes from a poor country, and he's made a few bucks playing baseball. Like you know, he had a signing bonus of some kind when he came out of the. Uh, uh, he's from the Dominican Republic. He's from Republic, the Dominican, right? yes. So he, he, and he's and he obviously, like he's made probably five hundred thousand dollars here and there. Maybe prorated like parts of major league salaries for four years. Right.
3: Relatively small signing bonus when he first signed his yep. pro contract, but
0: not like change your life money. Mm-hmm. If he continues to be the player that he was in the second. You know the two months that ended last season. We're talking crazy lump sums of millions of dollars for for a guy like that going forward. Mm-hmm. So to say that you're an idiot if you try to make 10, 15, it's, 20 million dollars, calculated risk. It's it's yeah, it, it's more complicated. The odds than are very
1: that. good now that you're going to be caught.
0: Well, but it's so, more complicated than just you're a moron. There's right. l- there's life circumstances Boys, that drive these guys. To correct use me if I'm, these, I'm be- wrong. Before
1: here. Ste- before when they didn't test for steroids. You know what? Go for it. All I'm saying now is you know that there's a very good chance if you take this this risk and you see it on a yearly basis that you're going to be caught. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Didn't Andy Pettit get popped for human growth hormone? Yes, Mm -hmm. for trying to recover quickly to come back to the Astros rotation. Incentive... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I'm just saying, where do you where do you draw the line of? There's a good chance I'm going to get caught.
3: Well, do you you don't think Pett- Pettit thought for a moment when he was taking HGH that he thought, boy, they might catch me in this test. And that's a huge risk. And he that's takes a dumb, the that's risk. That's a dumb risk, I yeah, think. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, what about we we know the positives. We know the cases that came up and said, yep, you got caught. We don't know the guys who've gotten away with it, who said, all right, I'm taking a calculated gamble, yeah. I'm in a contract year, I'm about to hit free agency, back when free agency meant something, and I want to cash in at <laughs> tens of millions of dollars, right? Yeah. Okay. I might try this because there's the incentive to do it. I know if I get caught cheating, something bad is going to happen. Melky Cabrera has been caught multiple times and has made tens of millions of dollars in his career. You can point to counter examples where you just say, hey- I'm taking a huge, giant risk here as far as my reputation is concerned. But I think you and I both know people who would say, hey, for $40 million, would you take this chance that your reputation might get smeared a little bit? And even if it does, yes. like
0: you might make $16 million instead of like Melky Cabrera, after getting suspended, signed a two year $16 million contract. And if he hadn't performed well, he might be out have, of baseball. Teams would
3: have looked at him and been like, and, ah. And I, I don't want to isolate one case and just say, like, see, it works. I'm just saying. If you can take yourself, or if you perceive that you can take yourself from 26th man to he's an everyday player at yeah. an important position that's going to get paid, I understand why the incentive is there. Still having said all that and understanding your argument here, Phil, my gut just says... But odds, odds are good at that point that you will
1: be caught, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Odds are very high that you're going to be oh, caught. Oh
3: yeah, you take the risk knowing that if you get caught, it's 80 games and the playoffs. And that you're not only letting yourself down, because now that follows you the rest of your career. Whether he tried to do this or not, Jorge Polanco now has this on his resume yep. for the rest of his career. Promise it's not it. like there's going to be one of the 29 other teams looking to sign him someday who, like, forgot to read the news, you know. Or who who forgot that this happened to him. Irvin Santana is going to retire with a steroid suspension on his resume. Yeah, That is part of his narrative now. If... If you were making a conscious decision and lining up to say, okay, the advantages and disadvantages here, worth a shot for me. You absolutely know what you're risking if you're a Major League Baseball player. They sit these guys down. You learn this in spring training. You know for sure what the fallout will be if you are caught. Mm-hmm. You heard Brian Dozier talk about we need to clean up this game. We support him, but we need to clean up this game, but we support him. Players care a great deal about cleaning up the game and the perception that the game is fair now that the— quote-unquote steroid era, is in its rearview mirror. So you've got to look at the whole picture. You know what the punishment's going to be. You know what the incentive would be there if it works and you get away with it. And I think players, if if you're making that decision, it's a very complicated calculus that you have to go through. Um, I, I'm i not a major league athlete, so I can't really empathize with it. Yeah, But you look at the pressures that are there, and it could make sense for some players.
0: Yep, and it might be that, like... Like Judd, your standpoint is, hey, I would never do it because it's not worth the risk. But a lot of other humans who come from poor backgrounds and and maybe wouldn't otherwise have a shot to make millions of dollars, they say, well, you know what, I'm just I'm more desperate at this point in my life or don't have enough money in my family to where like I can afford not to take this risk. And that's where they come from. Now some are just dirty cheaters gonna, or just yeah. like want to hit more bombs or something too. There's different stories
3: than the ones we've painted. Yeah. The upshot of this whole thing, guys, and we didn't even talk about the backup. Pro- Eduardo Escobar's probably going to take over at shortstop. Adrian yeah. Adrian. So Miguel like gets pinched for twenty
1: games. And if, then...
3: and if Miguel gets pinched, then you're in a tight <laughs> spot. Then uh, <laughs> Eric Ibar started third baseman. Yeah, yeah. That that definitely the air has come out of the sails of the 2018. This feels season, very Vikings like. Eric Ibar might make the team now, but, right? Yeah, totally. He's got a shot as a as a backup infielder. I think a couple of things, though. I think one. My inclination would be to not just dismiss what Polanco says. My inclination is maybe he's telling the truth. And the second thing is, it sucks to lose Polanco for 80 games, but this Twins team is good enough that they should still be expected to make the playoffs. I think it'd be a disappointment if they don't go to the postseason. I agree with that, too. Where Polanco can't play again. Hmm? Correct. What, oh, once they oh, get there, your yeah, 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 yeah. reward is to, hey, but but then my, maybe Nick Gordon is ready by then and take over a shortstop for your team and, <laughs> or and this is all a distant problem. Or maybe Royce Lewis flies through the system this year. We'll see. There's, right. there's Thanks, uh, some disappointment, but I think this will still be a good season for the Twins.
0: Good stuff, Derek. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks, guys. Derek Wetmore from 1500ESPN.com and the Touch em All podcast. Uh, Dave, what kind of questions do you want to ask us? I
2: do on? have something Twins-related. We're going to get into the announcement that, uh, well, not announcement, but the rumors of Vikings versus Eagles, week one Thursday night, and a little bit more on Gopher Puck. All right.
0: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
3: You don't seem like a public menace to me.
0: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Chemo uh, tweets into the show, so at Phil Mackey suggests that because Polanco had a strong second half that he was juicing, it follows then strong halves by Maurer and Dozier are also suspect because Dozier was fighting for a new contract. Well, Dozier is fighting for a new contract this year, actually. And those guys have track records of being two of the best hitters in baseball. So, like, having a great second half would not be out of the norm for those guys. Now, Polanco, like, you could also say that he just, like, he got to the point where it finally clicked for him. And, you know, he had enough at-bats in the major leagues to where he was finally due for an emergence in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he got popped for performance-enhancing drugs and that he just figured it out on August 1st last year, that's going to raise obvious questions that we're just never going to have answers to. Sure. That's all I'm saying.
2: Dave Harrigan. Let's start with that issue then, Mr. Polanco and the suspension. 80 games, and keep in mind, Miguel Sano, suspension possibilities hanging over the Twins' heads as well. Chips on the table, first 80 games of the season— How is the time split along the left side of the infield? What's your best guess right now? Phil, you want to go? Well, I think it's pretty
0: likely that Eric Ibar makes the team now. Just a a good veteran. Used to be a starting shortstop for the Angels, and he had a couple really good seasons. Now he's just more of a A second base. Yeah, he could play pretty much anywhere that you need him to. So I think he makes the team. Eduardo Escobar just becomes the starting shortstop again, and he's been fine in that role, and he's, he was one of the best utility players in baseball last year, and that or I guess you could if Sano gets suspended, then Escobar probably plays third base, and Ira Adrianza, Eric Ibar kind of split some time at shortstop. I don't think this means an expedited promotion for Nick Gordon. He's not ready yet, and even though he had some nice games in the spring, and Royce Lewis is still at, at least a year away from making his first appearance in the major leagues, unless he just rises to the system this year. So I think I think it means the most for Eduardo Escobar, and then Ira Adrianza and Eric Ibar kind of split. So you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of offense if Polanco is the guy that he was in the second half of the season last year. That uh, the replacements aren't gonna provide as much of.
1: Opening day in Baltimore, correct? March 30th. Yes, yes. Or- uh, they will have Escobar at short, Sano at third base. Sano will then either be injured or get suspended for about 10 games at some point in April, and so when that happens, it'll be Adrianza will sh- uh, start at shortstop, Ibar will back him up, and Esco will move to third base.
2: All right, part two of that question. One year from now, opening day, all I want is four names. Who's going to be around the infield? Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is See, I needed some thought on this one.
0: I could see all four of those guys. It's uncertainty fact, with everybody. I'm the most likely to still be in his position, I think, is Polanco at shortstop. You think? Because Sano might—well, if Sano doesn't get traded, Cuno, moving to first base, yeah. Maurer's contract. Mauer and Dozier's contracts
1: are up. Yep. Woo-wee. All right, it'll be Sano at first base in one year on opening day, Gordon at second base, Polanco at shortstop, a current outsider, somebody not on the roster, will be at third base on opening day of next season. Yeah, that's, man. I think they go get a third baseman. I think, unless I'm missing somebody obvious, I mean, Escobar you'd ideally would have as a utility guy because he can do more. Boy. I don't know that you want to move him into third base permanently if you don't have to. Yeah, and you want something solidified there at third base. Who
0: are, the dumb question, I don't think they have any... Unless I'm missing somebody, I don't think third base is a terribly stocked position for the Twins I, in the minor league system. I
1: believe you're correct. I they're, think shortstop is. They're
0: doing very well in the outfield. They're doing very well at shortstop or yep. up the middle. Yep. And they've got some pitching prospects. And that, and that's where you'd like to be the most solid because those are the hardest things to find.
1: Or what about this, potentially? Opening day 2019. Snow at first, Gordon at second, Polanco at short, Brian Dozier at third base. New contract, new position? Just a thought. He could do it. Hmm. He's a former shortstop. I mean, he can play all around.
0: Yeah, and there were some rumors the Giants were kicking the tires on a trade for Dozier a couple of years ago, and the word was they that they were going to th- put him at third base. And
1: Gordon will, will not be, Gordon's not a third baseman. So if Gordon's going to be moved, he's going to be moved to second and probably left there.
0: And Gordon doesn't hit for enough. You like to have right. at least some power there, although having Dozier at second base makes it, you know, then you can maybe take power away from another position. But like the Twins have power at third, second, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shortstop with Polanco if he does that for a full season.
2: Question number two, the report uh, we had earlier in the show today, it will be Vikings-Eagles-Philadelphia Thursday night to kick off the NFL season. I don't remember who reported that, but longtime Philadelphia media. Howard Eskin. Howard Eskin, thank you very much. Not official by the NFL, but let's just go with it. Looking back at the NFC Championship game that happened to be in the same stadium, same teams, the Vikings went in as, depending on who you asked, three or three-and-a-half-point favorites. Changes, obviously, being made to the Vikings roster, as have been made to the Eagles roster. Draft upcoming. What's the betting line going into the game, boys? Where do you set it at right now if you're Vegas and who you got?
1: I think you go Eagles by four points. Defending Super Bowl champions, coming off that, you're playing at home on a high against a team that you blasted, which might either go... Either way, but I'm going to say four points. It's I'm going to still Nick Foles, though he sucks, right, Jen? I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, Nick Foles. Nick Foles, You know what? I'd release him. I'd release him in training camp and start that third QB whose name I can't. I can't recall who started the Foles chant. Uh, I'll say uh, Eagles by four points. Yeah,
0: three and a half was the number that jumped into my head, so we're we're in the same ballpark there. I don't know how much carryover. Like in the regular season, if a team gets blasted and then the opposing team for the next week you know, has a big victory, the line definitely gets affected by that, where like Furman Furman comes on our show and he'll be like, if this line were set a week ago, it would have been three instead of five. Would there be any carryover at all from I what think. happened in the NFC
1: Championship? game? Yeah, I doubt it, I right? Don't New think quarterback so. for the Vikings. and I don't think so. Although my write that down on Friday was what? That uh, Cousins going to throw t- three touchdowns in that game? Do you so, still feel confident uh, about that? Because you didn't you didn't put an opponent on it. I know it, I
0: didn't. No. We all figured that the Eagles would be you the one. You know likely what? Why camp. not?
1: Vikings win the game. Cousins throws three touchdowns. Well, You're the, sticking if, with it. I like I'm it. I'm gonna oh yeah, I gotta stick with it. So write that down. Boy, Can't wait. go back on it. And there's gonna be a Super Bowl hangover effect. <laughs> You've hedged on a thousand write that downs. Well, I'm not hedging on this one. I am confident. I am as Les Frazier would say, I am confident that I can get this one right. <laughs>
2: All right, let's go back to Gopher Hockey. I'm not sure what segment to do here. If I want it to be a Mr. Fix-It, if I want it to be a Rank 'em, but let's just call it a hodgepodge of both of them. I'm not going to play both intros because that would just be silly. Uh, But let's say it is the end for Don Lucia. All right, let's just say it's done. First of all, do you think if just one of those teams wins or loses instead of all six winning their
1: conference titles over the weekend, do you think the Gophers uh, can Lucia? Uh, My gut feeling is no. I would say they did not. They would not have if one of those teams had won and they make the tournament. Yeah,
0: this opens the door big time. I still think if they were to have gotten smoked or something in the first game, and then it's it's one and done. But the same question was asked to Joel Maturi over like ten or twelve years ago when the Gophers, when Glenn Mason's Gophers blew a was it a (laughs) thirty-five-three lead or something? It was like a. Five touchdown lead. Mike Leach, right? And there was a long field goal. Texas Tech had to kick a long field goal, I believe, just to get to overtime or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joel Maturi was asked, if they had missed that field goal and the Gophers hang on to win, do you fire Glenn Mason? And I believe he said no.
2: (laughs) So stupid. But, like... You know, <laughs> oh, if, you had just lo- if
1: you had just lost in a decent way, you know, we mm. wouldn't have fired you.
2: Okay, but anyway, the question is, if, let's say, uh, Don Lucci is done here in Minnesota and the Gophers bring in another coach, give me two or three real things, not eliminate the Big Ten, obviously that's not going to happen, but two or three real fixes you think a new coach could bring to the program that would bring interest and uh, a better product
1: back? Judd? Um, the first thing is you've gotta and and this is probably tough for Don because he came in in ninety nine when all the games were on cable and they all started at the same time. you've gotta you've gotta accept what the perception and the reality of this program is now, which is yes, you're in a different conference. yes, th- there was a time the issue is Woog and Lucia at first could go around this state and basically tell, Families. Recruits and families. Your kid's going to be on cable television at 7 o'clock on Friday and Saturday. We play St. Cloud, Minnesota Duluth, the Wisconsin Badgers, Mankato. You can essentially, if you want to, drive to most of his games. Now it's you could say you could drive to Wisconsin and the games are are going to be... So I think the the biggest thing to start off with, Dave, is the acceptance of where the program is at. Yeah, Because I'm sure for for Lucia, who was here in the heyday, it's sort of tough to be like, yeah, and I'm really excited about the fact that you can't see all the games. So acceptance is a big one. Just accept where you are uh, and say, we're going to get this program back on track, back to where it was. And it's going to be different, but that doesn't mean it's going to be worse. I think that's the most important thing, because I think there is a lot of bitterness, probably rightfully so, about what's happened to this program. But you, as Dave said, you can't control that. That's done. That's gone. Uh, that's number one. Number two, I like the caller, and I, I know that this goes against what you said, Phil, but Lucia has been trying, I think, to do this for quite some time. I like the idea of telling kids we're going to get the ice size back down because if kids want to play pro, you know what they're saying now? Olympic ice, really? Now, as a hockey fan, it's fun to watch games on that sheet of ice with really elite players. Sorry, Patrick. But with college hockey players, it's like it's okay, but not great. So I would definitely work on on that so my first two things my third thing my third thing would be i think that if you had a coach come in now enthusiastic and new that person could do a lot more publicly i think don got tired of that or or didn't want to do that from the start and probably in 1999 the program was so popular you didn't need to uh there was a time i think where you could basically open the doors to the arena and people would flock in those days are long gone so i think Number three is an outreach to the to the community to try and cultivate new fans or fit fans who have sort of just lost interest in your product. So number three to me would be to actually uh, to try and gain traction and admit that my program isn't what it once might have been. Yeah. But that I'm trying to build it back up, and there is reason to be enthusiastic about it. I feel all the enthusiasm about this program right now is long gone, and that's a major problem. So here's here's one for you.
0: I just had to do a little research on this just to prove my theory, and it and is correct. So the, they're always the Gophers are going to have a pipeline of, of players getting drafted to the NHL, and that's and that's that's going to continue even if they you know don't get to the NCAA tournament as often as they'd like to. Um, but first round picks are, I think that kind of tells you what kind of top end talent do you have skating around at Mariucci Arena. So when you count Middlestat, who was the eighth overall pick. Uh, Buffalo Sabres. He's a marvelous hockey player. He was the first first-round pick in five years. And since 2010, mm-hmm. since Bugstad went to the Panthers 19th overall, they've only had two first-round picks Wow, on that seven-year stretch. All right. Let's go back before that. So then let's go from 2010 all the way back to like when I went to college. So let's take the seven years before that.
1: Blake Wheeler, I think, might have been in there.
0: One, Bugstad, not like uh, Letty. Jordan Schrader, Schroeder, I always mix that up. That's three right there. Uh, Patrick White, Jim O'Brien, Eric Johnson, Phil Kessel, Kyle Oposo. Der- uh, David Fisher was a first-round pick. That's nine. That's just back to 2005. Blake Wheeler, like you said, first-round pick. Chris Chukko was a first-round pick with the Flames. That's 11. Uh, Thomas Vanek, first-round pick, fifth overall Sabres. Keith Ballard, 2002, like... They just had a crazy amount of first-round caliber players
1: right? dominating the WCHA. But the sale, if you, you were Lucia at that time or Stoll before him— Ryan was a borderline one. The sale was pretty simple. I walk in your house, I meet you, mom and dad, and they all say— you know, Junior here has been watching go for hockey on MSC or FSN since he was a kid yeah. every night or every Friday and, and Saturday night. The problem has gotten to be that's not the case now. But you need to you need to embrace the challenges because now it's become almost sort of an excuse of, well, this went wrong and that went wrong. And yes, they did. But it's done like you're not going they're not going to break up the Big Ten. The conference is here to stay. So, your challenge now is how do I embrace this? Yeah.
0: I just found that was an, in my head, I felt like they, they used to have so many first round picks just skating all over the place. Now there's been like two. And that's. I your, didn't uh,
1: realize it was down to two. That's interesting.
0: 651 646 five, 5 Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd now continue.
3: No way. You can't just stroll up and be welcomed back by everyone.
2: Hey, welcome back. On 1500 ESPN. You like that? You like that? It's time for another member of the Mackey and Judd Show to tell you all about his NCAA tournament bracket, even though you didn't ask. All right, who's still standing? Anyone in
0: here? Judd's been out. He had Arizona. I would have
1: to look, but I'm sure I'm dead.
0: I had in the 1500 ESPN.com brackets, I believe I had Purdue winning it all and was very disappointed when, um, what's his name, uh, Isaac Haas mm-hmm. broke his elbow, but then almost played. They still won the game, but they're probably not going to be able to to win it all.
2: So I'm I'm still alive. Half of my championship game is gone. I had North Carolina losing okay. to Villanova, so I'm, I'm still there. Okay, that's good. That's good stuff. I By the way, I did look at the uh, bracket challenge, 1500ESPN.com. Of all those around the uh, office here that filled it out, uh, us three are uh, all at the bottom yeah. <laughs> we don't care that you don't give a shit. that's because that's what the season's all about this has been a member of the mackey and judge show telling you all about his ncaa tournament bracket and even worse you know yep. who's at the top right now Oh, let me Rookie. guess.
1: No worse. reverse reverse Revers. Oh, we're gonna have to hear about it, aren't we? Did he pick
0: the? He, is he one of those guys that picked all of the 16s to beat all of the ones, and then gets to celebrate <laughs> like Lane Kiffin? <laughs> did Lane Kiffin do that?
2: He was bragging that he picked UMBC uh, to beat uh, uh, who that Virginia. Be? Virginia. Thank you. And he, there was an SI writer that uh, said, "I'm not buying it." Blah blah blah. He just filled out the bracket afterwards and took a photo and. No, no, he's got timestamps, He's got wow. the president or whatever of FAU, uh, you know, on his side there. It's a it's an all-out war on Twitter right now. Well, I
0: believe I saw this on SportsCenter this weekend that like 4% of people picked that game, picked the UNBC upset. Mm-hmm. So it just shows you that people are hunting for the 16-1. If you picked more than one 16-1 upset in your bracket, you don't get credit because then you're just hunting for the 16-1. You don't get to brag unless it was I'm sure unless you do. filled out your bracket in good faith and also predicted that that was the one 16-1 upset.
2: Reavers is down to one team left in his final four, but it happens to be Villanova and that happens to be who he has winning it as well.
1: This could so be good though because this Can't. if by, by my estimation this will probably mean that at some point on the ride ride today he'll try and tell Patrick about how well his bracket's going and Patrick will shoot him down. <laughs>
2: Care that you don't give a shit. That's because that's what the season's all about. This has been a member of the Mackie and Judge Show telling you all about his NCAA tournament bracket. Wouldn't you guess that he'll try and you know who else doesn't give a bleep? Me. Yep. Shut up. Yep. Yep. Back to Polanco. Let's
1: talk ball. Yeah. Let's
0: back to Polanco and what it means. These games are fun if if for no other reason. The college sports pucker factor is so much fun to watch. When a team, like the 16 1 game, you could see it. Virginia, because it was kind of like, it was kind of back and forth a little bit there in the first half. And then all of a sudden, like, they're down by five. Oh my God, they're down by seven. Whoa, it's double digits.
1: That's and, when I came in,
0: and rather than Virginia just hulking up, and but they're not even like Virginia's. A, it's a very that's the Bennett system going back yeah. to Dick Bennett at Wisconsin. Yeah, you're, you're done by that point. You grind them out. Yeah. You 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 make sure that you use all thirty seconds of the shot clock. But even then, like the best team that went undefeated in the ACC should be able to come back from down ten and squash a random sixteen seed where the point guard weighs hundred fifteen pounds. But the college sports pucker factor. They just get nervous. They start taking bad shots. They get flustered. They get thrown off their game. You see it with kickers all the time in college football. Sure, the pucker factor, man. So that that guard's how big? He's like five eight, and I think I think I don't know if they were joking, but they said hundred ten pounds on the broadcast last night. <laughs> I wow. mean, he, if you look at him, he's <laughs> it's Al- Altuve. No, Al- Altuve's like put together. Altuve's that, like
1: he's like five five, right? But five, Altuve's six. like can
0: hit a home run. He's yeah. A stocky. Yeah. yeah. He's
1: No, this but I'm dude just is as far like as a little guy. This dude's <laughs> a guy. uh, yeah, very wiry. <laughs> a little guy, Judd? He's just a little guy. Nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being little. I got no problem with it. I could be uh, smaller myself in the midsection at least.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Are you done for the show?
2: Is this it?
1: No, <laughs> just, I just... no. I was just commenting on. I just didn't, you know. I just said he's a little guy. There's yeah, nothing wrong with right. being a little guy. That's yeah, great. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Are you referring to anyone in particular aside from him? No. No, I wouldn't be. No, just referring to him.
2: Okay. Just a little point guard. It sounded like you were referencing someone else, maybe. Are you implying my partner? No. No, I'm not implying your partner. Who? You are now. Who are you implying? Way to put Phil under the bus like that.
1: Thanks, John. Nice fit. guy.
2: I wouldn't fit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, I mean, you're not a tall person. You're stocky. It's I'm weird. sure you could hit some home runs like Altuve does. Never in my life. Well, Never put never put a <laughs> ball under the deal? bus.
0: Really appreciate your
1: contributions to this segment. Hey, I was just trying to, you know what, I just was trying to clear up how if he was really a little guy or just sort of a little guy. Yeah. 651-646-8255 if you want to debate that
0: or have thoughts on uh, Don Lucia, his <laughs> face is- We've been talking about that the whole show. Yes. 877-615-1500 from the TCL Broadcast Studios.